You take everything written in the scriptures, you take all theological writings that are in the realm of the scriptures, commentaries, you take the book I'm reading right now, the 54 Reasons Jesus Had to Die, you, you take all of that and compress it. The cross is the place where love and justice meet. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Robert, sitting here with Chad, and this week we're going to be talking about the cross, the moment in history that's this beautiful, scandalous, shocking, uh, worldview-changing moment. That uh, depending, confusing for a lot of people. That's right. That that transformed not just history but eternity. Uh, this this moment is massive, and the moment that that follows, we'll we'll talk about. Uh, next week, but we want to talk about the cross. So, Chad, why is there a cross kind of in the, the middle of human history, and, and what, is the, what is the meaning, the purpose behind all of that? So, right now, I'm reading a book. Uh, I think it's called, I'm trying to remember the right number. It's like the 54 reasons Jesus had to die. Mm-hmm. And there's these little 54 little mini chapters all about the cross. Mm-hmm. And so over the next 20 minutes or so, if you want, we'll just go through all 54. <laughs> Get out your notepad. Uh, in, in, in the middle. Yeah, the, the cross is, um, and by the way, uh, obviously we're in Easter season and I love Easter season and what it represents. And uh, you can't separate the cross from the resurrection right. because those two uh, events in history are what make up the, the Christian faith. And so uh, if you're listening today, we're talking about the cross, please tune in next week and, and listen to the uh, the conversation we'll have about the resurrection. Uh, like, subscribe, share, all those good things. Um, but to your point, these two events couldn't be more contrasted from each other. And this is the reality in life. You don't have peaks without valleys. You don't have light without dark. I mean, these things, uh, these things contrast each other so you can identify how good the good is when you've experienced how bad the bad is. And so this is the, the dark moment There's leading not up to a, the light. Yeah, sorry. There's not a victory without a fight. Yeah. Right? You want me to get it poetic? Go for it. There's not a victory without a fight. There's not a sunrise without a night. There's not a purchase without a cost. And there's not a crown without a cross. That's from a song I heard some uh, point I, I somewhere. Was, I was hoping you were going to say you just made that up just now. I, I didn't. <laughs> I know, because I've, I've heard you do that run a few times. We'll be mid-conversation, by the way. If Chad has a, a movie quote or a poem or a song lyric and he starts it, in case you're ever in conversation with Chad, don't try and stop him, because uh, he's not going to stop till he's done with it. I have to go all the way there. <laughs> I, I want you to experience the full... I know you do. You know heaviness and, and breadth and width of the moment, Robert. I can't just stop mid-quote or, <laughs> or, mid, right. or mid-song lyric. It doesn't feel right to, to stop mid, mid-quote. Um, uh, the, the cross is the place cosmically, mm-hmm. right? So when we're talking about cosmically, we're talking like the universe. Yeah. Uh, theologically, cosmically, uh, big picture, the cross is the place where God's love and justice meet. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and that's what makes it so special. You, you take everything written in the scriptures, you take all theological writings that are in the realm of the scriptures, commentaries, you take the book I'm reading right now, the 54 Reasons Jesus Had to Die, you, you take all of that and compress it. 
The cross is the place where love and justice meet. Yeah. And in that, cosmically, mm-hmm. um, there's hope because the holiness and justice of God is appeased. Yeah. And the love of God is on display. All, all throughout the Old Testament, there's this tension building. There's this tension of God's got a plan, yet, yet mankind is somehow associated with this plan and we fail and we fail and we fail. And it just keeps seeming like this just isn't working. The sacrificial system, the law, all of that. And this tension is building and all the law is producing is despair of we tried it and we cannot keep it. We've tried everything there is. We've tried, you know, being more and more zealous. We just keep messing it up and it just repeats. And this tension is building. There is no resolution. And there seems to be, there's no possible solution to this thing. And then the cross shows up. And all of a sudden you have this great tension uh, magnified in this moment. And and God is going, I'm going to take care of it. You can't do it. And, And the whole point of the law is to go, you can't do it. You need me. And, and not just a little bit, for all of it. Well, people ask questions. And, and by, the, well, by the way, before I go there, the, the cross, um, there's several reasons why I believe the Christian faith is legit and, and real. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I should write a book, 54 Reasons Why I Believe. <laughs> uh, but, but the cross is, is towards the top of the list. Nobody could have made that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did, you wouldn't go with it because it's a really hard sell, mm-hmm. Right. Um, there, there's a there's a mystery uh, to it. Um, what Jesus did on the cross, because people will ask now, I'll go back to where I started. People will ask, you know, why does God seem so mad and angry and um, moody in the Old Testament? And then in the New Testament, God is so nice and, and, and kind. And I can remember even as a kid, like, ooh, God's really mean, but Jesus is really nice. And mm-hmm. so, you know, give me Jesus and I'm kind of scared of God. Um, but the truth is that's one in the same uh, person. It says one in the same God, one God, three persons, but it's, it's, it's the same God. So, so why is it that there is so much anger, wrath, punishment in the Old Testament and there's so much grace, mercy, uh, healing, hope in the New Testament. And the answer is exactly what you're talking about. The only thing religion, and religion is me trying to save myself. Religion is me trying to work my way to God. Religion is advice um, of hoops I have to jump through to hopefully try to make peace with God. The only thing religion will produce in your life is the wrath of God, because there is nothing that you and I could ever, ever do to match his standard of holiness or to equal what is required to have to have peace with him. And mm-hmm. so if you've ever thought, why does he seem so angry in the Old Testament? Well, it's because religion's not working, mm-hmm. uh, which is which was your your point. And at the same time, you look through the Old Testament, there's threads of God's grace woven all throughout the thing. And and so you, again, there's this tension. It's God is holy, God hates sin, yet God loves people. Yeah. And and there to your point again, there on the cross, his holiness, which demands justice, and his mercy, his grace, his love, they they meet in that place where he goes, yeah, there will be justice but I'll take it upon myself. Has there ever been, um, so we're talking cosmically, so let, let's go really, 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 really macro, right? We're yeah. macro. Let's go really, 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 really add a few more of those uh, micro for a moment. So an illustration that will not do it justice, 
but perhaps will help us understand. Um, for those of you who are parents, and let's talk to you, Robert, as a parent, there are moments when your kid just does something wrong mm -hmm. and you love your kid and you don't want your kid uh, to be grounded. You don't want your kid to experience the consequences of that. But dang it, if they don't, yeah. uh, then you're actually not a good parent. If, 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 you, if you bypass the consequence of the horrible decision they, they made, then you've left out the reality of, of justice, and, and it's not helpful yeah. to them. And so thus, your wrath comes, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not because you don't love your kid. It, it's because there's a consequence to, to their to their actions. Uh, I, I remember um, a, a dad that I, I won't use my kids because that'll come back to haunt me. <laughs> um, I have a friend of mine who um, is, is a really good dad and his daughter stole something mm -hmm. from a store. Like she put a piece of candy in her pocket or whatever. And so they get home and the parents find out, you know, she stole the candy. And so the dad says, well, we're going to have to drive back to the store and you're going to have to go to the manager of the store and tell him that you stole the piece of candy. And the girl just starts to cry and she's just terrified, which just broke his heart. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and she's like, well, what if they call the police? What, what if, what if. Then you're going to jail, you know, little girl. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> he was like, well, we'll deal with that, you know, when, when it comes. And, and, and one part of him was like, this is what a good parent's going to do. I'm yep. driving. And he makes himself do it. But all the way back to the store, he's thinking, I don't have to do this. I don't, yeah. I don't have to carry it, you know. But he carried it all the way through. She didn't go to jail. It worked out okay. <laughs> but but he's, he's living in that tension mm -hmm. of, I love her. And, and yet she's got to learn this lesson. I'm being mean to her right now. She mm -hmm. thinks I'm being mean. She doesn't understand what I'm doing. And the Old Testament is full of that reality. Mm -hmm. And we're going, God loves us, but what is, yeah. is going on? And, and okay, so let's blow it back up macro yeah. again. That's what's going on. Yeah. It's this tension of the wages of sin is death. We've all sinned. We've all done something wrong. Just think of one of the Ten Commandments, which is don't tell a lie, and there's hundreds of commandments, actually, not just the big 10. And all of us are liars. Mm -hmm. And so cosmically, we've broken God's law. You, you do the crime, you got to do the time. Yeah. And so, so what do we do with that? What does a loving parent do with that? Yeah. And the, the, when you talk about you got to do the time, the, the consequences of it, I think we sometimes minimize the level of offense and what the actual consequence for the level of offense would be. And we, so- yeah, we overestimate our goodness and yep. underestimate the holiness of God. So I'll give this analogy real quick. I've given this to students for years and years. So if a bug went across the table, I kill it. Nobody cares. It's a bug. In fact, I'd get applauded for that. Now, if there was a puppy and I kicked it, oh man, like it's that's going to be all over Facebook. I'm going to be in big trouble. I mean, there's going to be a cancel Robert, whatever. Um, <laughs> and people are going to be upset, but it's it's a dog, you know, whatever. Um, but if I if I do something to a person, well, now say say. I took somebody's life. The consequences for that are now life in prison, perhaps, you know, being executed, all that, that, that depending on what we're talking about, a bug, a puppy, a person, well, now an offense against God, almighty God, who created all things, who spoke the cosmos into existence, my offense against him, just like if a dog bites me, I don't just bite the dog back. That dog gets put down. That that's, that's how the economy works. When we think about justice, um, because a dog can't go around biting people. And so when we offend God, that's something that only God himself can pay the penalty of. 
a person can't pay that kind of offense because we're talking about an offense against God. And so we, again, we downplay how, how great our offense is. Uh, we, we minimize it and we go, well, and my goodness is actually pretty good. But even our goodness, God's going, that's not even close. Like the standard's perfection, which is why we need the cross. Yeah, we overestimate our own goodness and we underestimate the holiness of, of God. And so this is what the judge of the universe does. He, he sees us uh, there in front of the great court, you know, of mm-hmm. the universe. We're, we're there uh, in the courtroom found guilty. Mm-hmm. And so the penalty is spiritual death forever. Mm-hmm. And the judge, because he loves us and because there's more to his character than just being the judge, although he is the judge. You, you can't get rid of that. You mm-hmm. can't set that aside. But the judge, because he loves us, gets up off the judge's seat, comes down to where we are, where we're found, found guilty, and he pays the fine for us. Mm-hmm. And, and this we, is the person of Jesus yep. on the cross. And there yeah. we are, let off free because of his grace. Thus the scandal That's right. of the cross. That's right. Um, the, the big scandal of the cross is, is, is not that Jesus died. The big scandal of the cross is that he chose to, yeah. that he didn't have to, uh, that the judge could have left us spinning in mm. the futility of religion, yeah. but he didn't. He came down, paid the fine, and, and that offered us, us grace. To reject Jesus is actually say, no, I'll, I'll pay the fine myself, thank you. That's right. Uh, which is a really bummer of a decision, mm-hmm. and it breaks the heart of God, and it's bad for you. So one of the things, you mentioned the Old Testament. Sometimes we get, oh, what's God doing in the Old Testament? What's going on? Again, that macro view, you zoom way out. And, and God, by the way, we're zooming all the way outside of time. So he's seeing the whole timeline. He's seeing the whole big picture. And, and God at the very beginning says, yes, this is a problem. Yes, you can't solve it, uh, but I have a solution, and I have a plan. In fact, right after the fall of mankind, God goes, hey, I'm going to make you a promise. And it's the very first promise of, of rescue, of salvation, that from the seed of woman is going to come one who's going to crush the head of the serpent. And all throughout history, this plan is unfolding. And there's times that that plan is endangered by whatever forces of evil at work and all of that. And you have, you know, some weird stuff in Genesis and there's people intermarrying in a way that like it's, it's thwarting this promise, this plan. And so God's like, we're going to wipe out all the world except for this family who's righteous, you know, or whatever. And they're going to be from them is going to come uh, the next generations. We're going to stop that evil plan. And we look at it and go, man, what's God doing? At that point, what all mankind deserve for all time is death and separation from God. Yet God preserves by his grace, this family. And that's the story of Noah and, and his family for the sake of ultimately the cross that's going to redeem and rescue and, and buy back what's been, what's been taken. So, um, it looks like, oh man, God's wrathful and all that. It's actually in the grand scheme of things, he's allowing his His plan of salvation to unfold. And by the way, God's patient doesn't want anybody to perish, the Bible teaches, uh, yeah. that, that his, he's, he's long-suffering, he's patient with us and for us. So so let's, since you picked one example sure. of the confusion that we have in the Old Testament, because um, we forget the macro view mm-hmm. and that God has always been full of grace. He's just unrolling out the plan. Uh, and then the, the cross and the resurrection, of course, is the culmination of the plan, uh, or, or at least the spark that changes everything. Um, it, 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 this just crosses me. Think about what we've done with the story of Noah mm-hmm. 
Uh, we put little animals on our children's walls. Rainbows and puffy clouds. Walking into an ark. Mm-hmm. When that account is the destruction of the human race and the destruction of all creation, except for this one family and, and some animals. Yeah. And, and we've made it a freaking nursery rhyme. <laughs> yeah. That, that in and of itself is embarrassing. Yeah. No, it's, it's the, the apocalypse is what it is. It totally is. Yeah. So any post-apocalyptic movie, this is far worse than that because at least there you have more than eight people. At the end of the flood, God gives Noah a sign and it's the rainbow. Yeah. Uh, in the Hebrew, it's not rainbow, it's war bow. Mm-hmm. And so picture- I will a rain- place my bow in the sky. Yeah. I, picture a, a, a rainbow in your mind and think about a, a bow as the uh, a warrior or hunter draws the string back. Mm-hmm. The rainbow is a sign of redemption because when you look at a rainbow and if you were to draw back on it and it were the bow, which way is the arrow facing? Yeah. It, it's not facing mankind. Yeah. It's it's facing up. Doesn't it's, look like a big smile on the horizon pointing down at earth. It's it's, it's a the opposite. warbow yep. pointing towards heaven. God is literally giving us a sign with the rainbow that he will absorb the wrath mm-hmm. that you and I deserve. And so instead of God destroying uh all of us, he he will absorb the punishment for us. Yeah. Um, the cross exists so that God can destroy evil without destroying you and me. Yeah. He pays the fine for us. He absorbs the punishment that, that we deserve. And he looks at us and says, do you, do you want me to pay that for you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all throughout too, the, the Old Testament, you have God saying, this is going to be the plan. This is He's given us hints of that. You have the, during the Exodus, so God's judgment is coming early in this place and time in Egypt. The, the people of Israel are enslaved. Uh, Moses is saying to Pharaoh, let my people go. He's saying, no, I don't want to do that. All right, well, judgment day is coming early. And, and guess what? It's going to find all of us wanting. Everyone's going to lose their firstborn unless you take an innocent lamb and you shed its blood you put its blood on the, the doorpost and it becomes a sacrifice in your place, then death will pass over you. That's Passover. That's what, what we celebrate. Um, it's, a, it's a picture of what was to come, that Jesus would be the ultimate Passover lamb and, and that by his blood, now death would pass over us, his life in place of ours. And what's fascinating, right, about the scriptures is the same time that Jesus is being arrested and taken to the cross is the same time when these Jewish people are following that tradition and taking these lambs into their homes. That's right. Yeah, and thus John says, behold, the Lamb of God, which will take away the sin of the world. There's all of these pictures um, in the Old Testament, but the cross is massive Mm -hmm. because on the cross, God's love and and justice meet. The judge gets off the judge's seat, becomes one of us, pays the fine for us. The last thing Jesus says on the cross is it is finished. Mm -hmm. That can also be interpreted. The debt has been paid in full. The debt has been paid, yeah. Yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Nobody could have made this stuff up. Yep. I mean, it's it's mind blowing, and and then and then you know sometimes I find myself going, okay, just think about this, Jed. You believe that Almighty God wrapped Himself up in flesh and became a man and died on a cross. How crazy is that? And then the other side of me goes, it couldn't have been any other That's way. That's right. That, Jesus, like, yeah. Even on the cross, He's going, you know. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he's quoting the Old Testament written by David, part of the Old Testament written by David, where David's foreseeing, foreshadowing what's going to happen. And he describes in detail, David, hundreds of years before the cross, in detail, the events of the cross, people casting lots for his clothes, the fact that he's even crucified. And Jesus quotes it just to remind us, 
God's unfolding something far greater. When you look at just a sliver of history, you might go, man, God seems mean and angry. When you zoom out and Jesus is doing that for us, he's being a rabbi teaching us while he's on the cross, look back in history, look what I'm doing. This is God's plan and it is unfolding just as he did and and desired it to do uh, because he loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That That's what's happening in this moment. And it's it's this beautiful picture. God's not angry. God's not wrathful. God's loving and good. And he took on wrath because of his love. The flood, which we've mentioned, the uh, plagues mm-hmm. against uh, Egypt and Pharaoh, which you mentioned, all symbolic of, of the cross that was to come. Yeah. That, that, is, that is all through, I'm just kind of compressing it. That is all through the, the Old Testament. I'm going to give one illustration. Maybe we'll end with this okay. and you can pray for us. Um, so all those things in the Old Testament, you're like, what's, what's going on, right? The, the really crummy illustration I have is, let, let's say that I really loved a bunch of ants. Like, I love these ants. You named them. And, and they're in my backyard. Yeah. I love each one individually. <laughs> so, somehow I've determined, you know, who, who, who they are. Um, and lo and behold, I realize that soon the gardener is coming and the lawnmower is going to run over the ant pile. Mm-hmm. But I love these ants. Um, my, my heart for them is to protect them and, and help them. And so I come up with this plan, and I'm going to save them from the lawnmower that is to come, right? And so I dig up the ant pile, and I move it. Well, in the midst of digging up the ant pile, some ants are lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ants are freaking out. What are they doing? The ants are, are lifting their little ant legs, you know, with a fist, <laughs> like shaking it, right? And my big, massive face, because the ants don't understand mm-hmm. what I'm doing. But in moving the ant pile, um, I save this race of ants, this, this, this group of, uh, this colony of ants, you know, that, that, that I love. And, and the ants might reject me. They, they mm-hmm. might be angry at me. They might curse me because they, they don't understand. Yeah. And so one day, I'm like, you know what? They don't get it. I'm going to help them. And I become an ant. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, I can speak the ant language. I can explain the big picture of what's happening. I can mention the lawnmower. And I know you didn't get it, but that was for your good. And in becoming an ant, right, perhaps... The ants would have some understanding of my love for them. And, and that is a real crude, goofy illustration <laughs> of what Jesus did for, for us. Well, what it does is it helps us think macro, right? It, it's just a simple, goofy thing, but it, it helps us maybe see with a different perspective, which hopefully throughout the course of this conversation, that's what's happened. Um, just we can, we can see differently. We can understand differently. And in that, maybe receive God's love a little bit more today in understanding it. Yeah. God loves you. Um, and me, more than we could possibly fathom. Mm-hmm. And, and the cross is this picture of the judgment of God being satisfied and the heart of God being expressed. Because on the cross, God's love and justice meet. And so maybe as we end the podcast today, why don't you pray for us, Robert, that God would give us wisdom mm-hmm. of the beauty uh, as well as the terror of mm-hmm. the cross. Because you don't get the beauty without understanding the tear. Yeah. But let's, let's pray for wisdom of the cross. Father, we do thank you. God, that when we rebelled, you didn't let the story end there. Uh, that, that legitimately could have been the end of the story, but God, you pursued us and 
just looking back throughout history and, and seeing the great lengths uh, that you took in, in that moment um, in the garden, facing death out of the joy set before you, God, you, you chose to endure the cross on our behalf. So God, we pause to, to just ask that you would, you would give us maybe a, a deeper wisdom, a deeper understanding of the reality of that moment that we would reflect on how much it cost you for us to, to be here singing of amazing grace, to have joy in the midst of pain and, and trials. Um, all of that's because of the cost that, that, that you took upon yourself. Give us wisdom of these things. God, as we, we ponder that leading up to Easter, I, I pray that Easter um, would be a great celebration. The more we understand the cross, uh, the more we can celebrate Easter. God, would you help us just a um, maybe a little deeper than, than we have in the past, maybe a little uh, longer just to, to think through the reality, the debt that you paid for us. God, you are good. God, you are merciful. You are full of grace. How good it is to know you, how good it is to trust you, how good it is to follow you. Amazing grace. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.